0: Are, you now are now listening, listening to, to the
1: unmistakable sound of the wo uh Caesar before we move on I just want to address something b said because like I because I, I, I strongly disagree and I think it's feeding this narrative that you have to be mobile to be to have a high ceiling and and fans are falling in love with this idea that mobile quarterbacks provide you can you can beat Defense just as effectively with pre snap reads and quick decisions as you can with your legs. And the disadvantage that a lot of mobile quarterbacks have is over depending on their athleticism rather than making the proper reads and thinking that you can run away from all these four or five linebackers in our league. You can't do it. You can't. Now, the guy who won the Heisman last year has that mobility. And we saw him get sacked a record amount of times. It took a Herculean effort from him to do it and that was playing behind one of the worst pass protecting offensive lines in our league. I thought what he did was really impressive. That's generational talent though. So, do I think Robbie Ashford is generational talent? Yet to be seen. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I just I would caution everybody into thinking that that mobile is better just because, right? Like you don't have we saw guys do it in our league last year. Guys like Will Rogers who just you're not you're not going to get the opportunity to sack him most of the time cuz he's just getting the ball out of his hands too fast. So, there are other ways to beat a defense when when a play breaks down other than just running out of the pocket. Now, I want everybody to to caution that. So, that's 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 the main reason people are lining up against TJ Finley starting because they think that when a play breaks down, he's not he has no options. He does have options actually. Get the ball out of your hands fast. Make good pre-stab reads. And if they're actually teaching him how to play quarterback, a great quarterback is on his second read sometimes before the ball is snapped. And when you have a quarterback that can do that, the defense doesn't know what hits him. So, I mean, again, I'm just i going to fight this narrative until the season starts. I don't know how TJ will do, but I know his, his ceiling isn't limited by his lack of athleticism. If anything, it will be limited by his understanding and knowledge of the game, but not because he can't run. Man, we, we like there are quarterbacks who can have done it at a super high level, at a Heisman level, without running. You don't need to be able to do it to be a great quarterback in this league. I think. I think. Uh, let me. Let me add this. Bi, will let you respond real quick. Okay. Do Do
2: you think this is coming? And this is a great point by Uzi. I think fans are used to number one. Having a mobile QB and number two complain or or just going with the belief that our O-line is going to be subpar, right? It's almost like this is what we need to address number two, problem number two.
1: Is that a right. part of it? Just just look at what happened last year, right? Mobile wasn't better. We had the fourth pass protect best pass protecting offensive line in our league, and our quarterback could run. But instead of sitting in the pocket and going through his reads, he bailed out way too much and then everybody blamed the O-line for not pass protecting. I'm like, what? He just left a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. No, ever, Nobody knows what it looks like because we've never really seen it. The last quarterback we had that would actually sit in the pocket and play quarterback was Jared Stidham. He took a ton of sacks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, did, and still did really well Considering he was
0: playing a Gus offense that that wasn't really designed for him, I think he has the best passing season for an Auburn quarterback. I don't want to say in history, but it was it was up there. Yeah, he he had a great deep ball. He made good decisions for the most part, but he
1: he took sacks. There's no wrong with taking sacks every once in a while? You well, know, you, uh, if you if you can step up the next play and just make the right play the next play. And then guys, everybody else does their part as well. Like, you know, I, I don't know, man. When, when we're talking about a quarterback making something happen when the play breaks down, it, it, it's lulling people into this thing where you know everyone thinks it's 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 all on the quarterback, right? TJ's almost sack yesterday, if you read the comments, was all on him. Like what? <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. Like I said, I just I I'm not totally disagreeing that it's it's nice to have a guy who's a total package. That can run and be accurate and do all those things. But that's not the only way to have a super high ceiling. And the guy, I I would argue that the guy who can pick apart a defense with his mind has a much higher ceiling than the guy who can uh, do it with his legs. Um, Stuart Donald, still got you B. Stuart Donald
2: says, I feel very confident either TJ or Zach will be the starter in 2022. I'm just as confident the 2023 starter will be one of the younger. Guys, hmm. not a bad comment there. But what 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 would you what would you say in response to that be?
0: Well, in response, I'd say that my criteria for the difference between these three quarterbacks was that any one of them would have to have met the requirements that you can read, diagnose, and react properly. So I do agree with Mike in that. A, a very athletic quarterback, they do out of high school because they, they are asked or allowed to rely on their athleticism because in high school, you can out-athlete guys across from you. And they do. And they do it right on to state championships. And whether or not you're accurate throwing the ball or consistent throwing the ball doesn't really matter. Um, but that's not what my criteria My criteria was. Whoever is going to get the starting job has to be able to re-diagnose and react properly because... Harson is going to make sure you're doing that if you even get on the field as a starter. That's number one. So, in Mike's what he's saying is, yeah, whoever makes that flashiest play is not the best option for us. And I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, Robbie Ashford wouldn't get out there as a starting quarterback unless he was already equipped to read, diagnose, and react as well as or better than the other guys who were in the QB room. So in I don't that know. case, they put Bo out there. Bo got better, though. And, again, I, I had to eat some crow about that last year. I was like, I wouldn't keep starting Bo after Georgia. Georgia State was my line. Y'all know that. After that Georgia State game, I was like, Nah, that's it. I don't want to see no more. However, they stuck with him and Shedrick, and both of those guys got considerably better as a year
2: You kind of, as history shows us, you kind of didn't have any of, a lot of options behind Bo either. So you kind of had to yeah. work with what
0: you had. Um, so, That's true. That's true. But, but but he got better. So, you know, if they see it and they're saying, listen, I think you can get this, and they put him back out there even after he looks bad, then that means at the bare minimum, mentally, these players are meeting the requirements that the coaches are setting before them because they think, all right, I know that you get this. Now let's put you back out there so you can show it. Nobody who goes out there as our starter is going to not be able to mentally grasp what the coaches want them to do. On the field. So, in that circumstance, Robbie Ashford's athleticism is the difference if all of that is the same across them. But I do understand what Mike's saying run fast, make big play, fans get excited. Now that's who they want, and he's the best player ever. That's not the case. (laughs) I I agree that that doesn't mean that that guy is the best for us. But I don't think that's what we're looking at with Ashford. I don't think he would see the field if the only thing he could do well was scramble and make big plays with his. Yeah, my my point is is
1: just on the other end of the the spectrum. You know, again, fans falling into to to the trap of thinking because a guy cannot do that, he his ceiling is too low to be our quarterback. Right. Right because he cannot run away like Robbie Ashford can, that his ceiling is too low. It's not requisite. And and what I would like to see from Ashford is is that he plays the game that way and really only relies on his athleticism when absolutely necessary or, with, or, or when it's clearly the right decision. If right. he's making quick decisions to run and it's the right read, great. If he could diagnose that quickly, just the way you diagnose and say, number one's not there, You say, hey, they're in the defense. The middle of the field is going to be wide open. I'm running this ball, and that's the right decision. I'm good with it, right? T.J. Finley, he's got to be able to, because he's not as fast, he's got to be able to do that faster. When he's going to run with the ball, he's got to make quick decisions to run with the ball. And it's got to be the right decision, the same way that he's making, uh, 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 because we saw it at times last year, where you know when the hole opens up, he does not have the quickness to wait when that hole is there, right. he's got to hit it. Yeah, He's got to yeah. hit it. You know, so, I mean, his margin for error is, is smaller because he is not as athletic as some of the other quarterbacks. Um, but th- there are multiple ways for a guy to play at a high level, I guess is just my point, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't necessarily disagreeing with anything B was saying. I was just saying like, hey, you know, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat if you do something extremely exceptional. Right. I'd rather it and- be with your mind. And I want
2: to get Ike's uh, take on this, because Ike's been talking with his facial expressions throughout this. I'm uh, just reading comments, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. y'all are saying some <laughs> wild stuff in the comments, bro.
3: Like, it's just
2: like, <laughs> so, okay, whoa. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But, but Mike, the, I understand where Mike's coming from, because Mike has, one of his talking points uh, when he he got or he earned this, this reputation for being a bow basher is that he, he referenced Kyle Trask a lot at Florida. And how Kyle Trask wasn't really a mobile QB back there, but he was carving up defenses because he was reading them pre-snap and knew where to go with the ball. And I think that's 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 what Mike is talking about: is that you don't just because you're not athletic or can run or can razzle dazzle us with your feet. Doesn't mean that you're
1: not deadly to opposing defenses. And they had no run game; they were one dimensional. Right. Florida had, had zero run game. So two NFL defenses,
0: pass catches on their roster too. Yeah, but but sure, defenses, sure.
1: defenses could line up and tee off on Trask, and he understanding got a lot. that there was no threat of the run. He got he, sacked a lot. He, he got yeah. sacked a lot, man. And he came six points. That was one of the better SEC championship games I've watched. Yeah. He came yeah. 6 points from being Bama in that game. I mean, uh, he still, still put up I forgot what was, the final final score was. It was like 46-52 or something like that. I mean, it was ridiculous. It yeah, was ridiculous. I mean, they put up over 40 points in a one-dimensional offense. So, I get it. He did have Kyle Pitts and some of those guys around him. Um, but I was a big fan of his game. I thought he was super underrated. The Bucks thought enough of him to draft him in like what the 3rd round? Yeah. I think it was a second so. or third round pick. Um, but uh I, I think if we got that kind of production from a QB, a Kyle Trash type, Auburn's in, in contention every year. Can Calzada be that guy? Can, can Robbie Ashford? Can T.J. Finley be that guy? TBD. But um, I'm open to, to, to seeing multiple—I'm open to multiple ways this could look, depending on who's the guy, I guess is what I'm saying. And I'm not me- enamored with having a running guy. Gotcha.
2: Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna pose this one for you, Bay Lyman. Appreciate you, man, for watching. Appreciate the super chat. Thanks for the tickets. Had a good time. We glad you enjoyed yourself, Bay Lyman, man. Awesome. I think he says I think Calzada will be the starter. He says wide receivers had to make adjustments to all passes except Calzada's, and I'm assuming you're
3: talking in warmups. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah,
0: there were some good passes
3: during the game. I mean, he said it. Adjustment. I didn't say every pass, but I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't even. What what passes from Calzada are you referencing? Because Calzada didn't play yesterday. So because
2: he had been talking warm ups or, yeah. or right. what he what he saw prior to to the game. But I don't know if you had a had a, a thought on that or not, Ike. Um, Jaquan Grant is asking Mike, "You want TJ to start, bro? I want the best guy to start. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> well, know
3: yeah, why." Just, this, yeah, this like, is this know, one of those, I, those comments where I was like, "What does making a statement about?" TJ not being out of the QB race how does that automatically say you want him to start i don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey of the starter mm-hmm. like i don't know how many times i have to say this and i, I know they at you at as mike but good lord who cares what the name is on the back of that jersey oh, wow. is it the best guy playing at that position right that's all i care about and automatically eliminating TJ because you don't want him to be the starter is a poor place to begin the conversation. Yeah. You have to start the conversation on level ground. Who do you think performs the best? Okay, then we can make an evaluation of their performance and based upon that, you can have you can throw in tangibles and intangibles. But just saying I don't do you want TJ to be the starter? If TJ's the best quarterback, then yes. <laughs> if he's not, then no. I don't know, that's just like, that's a very simple kind of conversation to have. Who's the best guy for the job? That's the guy I
1: want to start. I'm just not writing him off the way a lot of people have just already written him off. And based upon
3: yesterday, uh, how can you write him off? He He didn't have a bad game, people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you wanted him to have a terrible game so you could come on here and say how awful TJ is and he ain't the guy. He did not have a bad game. Sorry to ruin
1: your fantasy of that. Yeah, if he, if the two deep balls that he threw that were perfect, by the way, get caught, he had the best game of anybody. I, I, let's, you, let's, let's just,
2: pr- yeah. yeah. Let's, ball, uh, let's like evaluate.
1: Nobody, I, I've heard nobody talk about that pass to Dawson. That let's let's evaluate the reality of
3: all of this, <laughs> right? Because these are the things that I keep hearing from people that are, for whatever reason, only applicable to one person when you're making the evaluation. Number one is accuracy issues, Let's be clear. Three quarterbacks played yesterday. All three of them had ball placement issues. All three. Every last one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Robbie Ashford. Even Holden? L- Hold on. Let, yes. <laughs> Listen. Robbie Ashford, <laughs> love him to death. The first pass that he threw to Zavion Capers was well behind. Yeah, him. it was behind. Xavion Capers made an amazing catch. It was a bad throw. Every time he threw an out route to his left, it was well behind the receiver every single time. That doesn't mean he had a bad game. We have to stop making predeterminations on what we want to see from somebody and then using that as our determination on whether it was good or bad. It was shaky no matter who the quarterback was in there. Holden Gariner, a couple of them throws that he made, he had predetermined who he was going to. He was gonna right. throw the darn ball to what? Uh, God, who? What was the uh, tight end's name? He he hit him like three times in a row. Frazier, uh, Frazier. Uh, yeah, Brent. He was predetermined. He was going to Brendan Frazier every one of those. The third, second, or third one of those he probably shouldn't have thrown. The two point conversion, not a great throw. Mm-hmm. Stop pretending like TJ was the only one who had poor placement on throws.
1: Yeah, and let's be let's be clear even the touchdown pass could have been on, more on the back shoulder that was a better catch than it was yeah, a that game. wasn't a good throw
3: that yeah. was a <laughs> great catch that was
1: a better catch than it was a throw so, so again
3: <laughs> again and, and this is not me trying to make excuses for tj i'm yeah. just saying everything people are saying about tj is applicable to, to literally every, everybody every quarterback else. yeah right. so like so am i saying we have work to do at the quarterback position 100% Am I saying TJ was the best one out there? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is it's actually a race, and we have to stop pretending as if we figured
1: out, oh, we know who it needs to be because
3: one guy's got wheels.
1: If anything, the coaches told you how they felt about him by not sending him out for any snaps after the the halftime. Right, right. Right, Right. so uh, there's going to be a lot of upset people in the fall. I think um, for sure. if, if if you've already written TJ off.
3: It's your boy, Ike Jones, and you're listening to the war reports weekend tailgate podcast. Did you know that you can find this and most of our other podcast content on YouTube first? That's right. Just search the war report on YouTube and you'll find our channel where we broadcast this and other shows live. We've also got Auburn football and basketball press conferences Film reviews, game highlights, interviews, and special guest segments, too. All of the Auburn sports content you can ask for and then some. Now that you know, let's get back to the show. Here's the other thing that I want people to stop saying is that TJ holds the ball too long. TJ was literally the only one willing to get past his first read before he did something. Yes, his clock was not going as quickly as you might want it to be, and he would have taken a couple of snaps, uh, excuse me, sacks, but... He's the only one who delivered a pass that traveled in the air longer than 20 yards because he was willing to do that. Everybody else was taking the quick underneath stuff, which, again, that's not bad stuff. Yeah. But if you're going to make an honest evaluation of quarterback play, you have to be honest first. You're not being honest. You're being intellectually dishonest when you just start nitpicking the things you don't like about a person before you make your evaluation. And then you're waiting to see. It's a confirmation bias. See, look, he can't do that. It's like, that's not even true. Everybody's like, oh, his deep ball is inaccurate. How? Did you, was, uh, throw was, you know, <laughs> Did you see <laughs> throw the throw to Malcolm Johnson Jr.? Did you see the throw to Tank? Did you see the throw to – how is he inaccurate deep when of the five um, deep balls he threw, three of them were Perfect. Not pretty good. Not ah man, that was perfect. Yeah, he threw two bad ones, but three of five being perfect is pretty decent. Yeah,
1: he was really the only quarterback that tested the receivers down the field. The defense. I just, I just don't, I just don't understand understand
3: coming in with your own decision before you see them play, and then applying that decision to the play, and then you throw out those same things for the other people. Show me. A, a throw from Holden because everybody was like oh I love Holden Garrett I love her and I'm not against Holden Garrett I know it feels like I'm being negative but I just have to bring balance to this show me a throw from Holden Garner where you were like yo that was amazing mm-hmm. there wasn't one they were all good well they were all but a couple of them were good but none of them were amazing yeah. I wasn't amazed by anything I saw from Holden I saw Okay, that was pretty good. He's a I freshman him, making good decisions an and quick catch throws. By King. Yeah, but yeah, I just that was there was nothing. To, but now, can I say throw? Show me an amazing throw TJ made. Yeah, yeah there's okay. like three or four of them. Show me the amazing throw that Robbie Ashford made. There was some pretty good stuff that Robbie did. I don't know that I saw amazing out of him. Right. So again, I get it. The disparity between amazing and oh my god, that was awful is the problem with TJ Finley. Right. Is that the floor of what you see from him is like uh an airmailed, right. definitely so, should have so, been caught so, interception. So, 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 so there right. yeah, that's that, right. that's
1: where that was gonna be my next thing. Was the airmailed ball over the middle is a play that a third-year quarterback absolutely cannot make. But
3: again, T.J. Finley really is a second-year quarterback. I need everybody to remember his game (laughs) reps. He doesn't even have a full—I understand how old he is. I'm talking about experience in games. He doesn't have that much more than everybody—he has more than everybody else. He doesn't have that much more. So, yes, his floor, if everyone—if you're evaluating every— So this this is an objective measure. Evaluate everyone's floor, okay? Mm -hmm. Who has the lowest floor? If your answer to that question is TJ, I don't know what you're looking at. I just don't know because, again, athleticism and being able to run is not necessarily about quarterback play. Right. I'm talking about the ability to deliver a ball from the pocket. The vast majority of the throws that you saw from um, Ashford he wasn't like really operating from the pocket. He took off running a lot more than he should have in this game. And we're going to, we're going to, if you're not a patron, please go ahead and make that happen so we can watch the film together because I promise you we're going to look at all of this. But I just, the evaluations that people are throwing out here are just so unfair based upon the fact that you have predetermined what you want to be the outcome and then you're applying that determination to what you see as opposed to the other way around. And that's just not. That just that can't be how you evaluate play. It can't be. No. That that can't be how Harson does it, right?
1: Right. <laughs> right. Well, he's it, but he's clearly not though. Right. And that's but, my thing. And right. so right. Like look at what's can't think like us. He's clearly not thinking that way, which is why I think there're going to be a lot of upset people in the fall if they've already decided they don't want TJ Finley. I'm like, "All right, here we, I'm preparing myself. Listen. <laughs> Listen, let's come to Jesus here for a second. Before last season, I had prepared myself mentally for a whole year of Bo. I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I know what Bo's ceiling is, but as we keep saying, this has become a war report theme. It was, was he able to raise his floor? By the time we got to Texas AM, we found out Bo's floor was still pretty low. Right. Right. And, you know, the good, the, you know, like the OK was like LSU. That was okay. 50 something percent passing, but you know, did some amazing things and we won the game against the worst pass defense in the league. <laughs> um but you know, and then Arkansas was his ceiling. Right. Insanely accurate. Only one bad throw that was a pick, right. but I wasn't but if you look at the totality of the rest of his decisions during that game, it was pretty close to the perfect game. Right. And we're just trying to say we I, all my hope for both because he was the starter, was only that he was a little closer to Arkansas and a little less close to LSU and Georgia State and Texas A&M. That's it. We needed to just be a little further from those worst performances and a little closer to those best performances. And, you know, and the season looks differently. You know, and, and TJ is not even challenging you at all. So, I just, I mean, that that's what I'm looking for. I'm hope, applying that same standard to these quarterbacks. If you're T.J. Finley in a critical game, you cannot do what you did at A-Day in that pass that should have been picked off. Yeah, right. that was terrible. That was I'm sorry, fast. I'm sorry. Fourth year, second year, first year, negative it's three terrible. years. Yeah, you can't do that, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can't. Right. So, uh, people who have that criticism of him, totally fair. Just make sure you're applying that to every quarterback. And that's he, all I ask. Just yeah. apply the same standard across the board. That's, yeah. that's it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, I I think that there's something to like about all these quarterbacks. Listen, there was a lot to like about both. Most of the quarterbacks that we've had start here, there, there was something to like about them. Sure. And we just wanted to see more of that stuff than we did the other stuff. Right. And when a quarterback gets to his third year, now I, I get what Ike is saying um, about how TJ is technically barely like a second year quarterback. You know, no spring at LSU year one in a COVID year. Got thrown in a couple games into the season after Brennan got hurt. So he they they had decided that he needed more development and there was a better guy in year one at LSU. Now looking back on it, their program was falling apart. Orgeron got essentially resigned in disgrace. Um, and then he comes in, and we're changing systems and quarterbacks uh, and coaches as well, too. Right. So you got a guy, in, you know, he's going, he comes in after the summer, no spring here either. Right. right. And he's still trying to figure it out. Now, the totality of all that is, is that now I feel like in this year, none of that can any longer be an excuse. You've had a full year and a spring at Auburn. Sure. Right so you got to go out there and you have to do it. Yeah, and his leash you, has got to be short. This shorter, year. yeah. And and yeah. if he cannot, I think the leash should be. They got to be able to pull the plug before the season becomes a disaster. Right. And before you, can, you have a yeah. Before you have a, a Georgia State, we better see Ashford or, or Calzada. If T.J. wins the job. That's that's where I'm drawing the line. If he starts, I'm going to hope to hope that he does as good as he can do, just like I did for Bow last year. Once it starts to go south, I'm hoping that we just don't decide this is the hill we're going to die on for a whole season. I don't think that Harson can afford to do that right. this year. I think he knows it, which is why Ashford got so many. He wants as many options as he can just in case for next year. So um, that's where I'm at about it. It's not that I'm a TJ guy. I'm preparing myself for the reality that it could be any of these guys. And no matter who starts, I'm going to find a way to cheer for whoever's out there. I'm not going to watch the games thinking, oh, here he goes. He's going to blah, blah, blah. I didn't do that when Bo went out there. I'm not doing it when any of these other guys go out there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I
0: did do it. Dude, didn't two do it. two mean, years of the exact same floor, and then we come in and we see signs of the same floor in year three. It's like that. that that's what would be discouraging if, if TJ were to get the start. It's like, all right, we saw. Here's what your floor looks like. And it's a little too low. Mm -hmm. We saw it in the three games that you started. We saw a little bit of it in the spring game. Fall, that's it. I don't want to see any more of that. That floor has to be raised now. Like you said, we don't have a lot of time. And honestly, it's a little unfair because Bo Nix did get two years to have this low floor and a couple of high highs. And then he still gets a shot to come out here in year three and make some of the same mistakes and really low floor and still continue to be the starter. Yeah. I get why that's not fair to TJ. But unfortunately, we don't have two seasons to burn.
2: Really and truly, yeah. yeah, it's unfair, but no one should get that type of... No one of
0: grace. Nobody Nobody should, should get, get that, type that type of grace. Nobody should get that type of grace. Like, yeah, yeah. No, man. You don't I'm get to not be saying because Bo years. got it,
1: TJ should get, get it. That's right. not what I'm saying. Right. I'm, I'm saying... hey, listen, sure. Because I Yeah, I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, yeah. Because Bo did this, TJ should get it. No, I'm just saying that... Um he has not even gotten what Bo got just yet. <laughs> not even right. remotely close. Not even no. close. Right, yeah. So but, but
3: again, like and I've said this before, Mike said that I I really I I think if you had a lot of leash for Bo and you have none for TJ, I just don't know what you're looking at.
0: Yeah. That's I know. it. But we'll talk about that off off the air. Yeah, I man. Listen, at, at the end
1: of the day, I I I get everybody's concern. I I'm, I want to validate everybody's concerns about T.J. Finley's game. I'm not saying that his lack of athleticism isn't a problem at all. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I just think that uh, there are there's another way to look at his game and find positives that he can use in spite of that. Right, the same the same way that we're going to have to do it for these other quarterbacks as well too. Right, listen, guys. If Calzada wins this job, he was a fifty-something percent passer last year at Texas A&M, like fifty-five percent. Yeah. Now he played again the the least that I'm giving him. I'm not just looking at the percentages. He played behind one of the worst pass pass protecting O lines in the league last year. Texas A&M replaced their entire line before that season. And the fact that he did any of what he did was was somewhat amazing, but oh, yeah. there was there are still clear holes in his game that I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I, I, I can I can see an Auburn offense under Harson, and this is what I love about this coaching switch. I can see a version of this offense where all three of those guys could be effective. I couldn't say that with the last coach. Right. Right. If, if 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 Gus is our coach, I don't see a world where TJ has a shot.
0: He wouldn't even come here. Like, you don't there you go. Yeah. And I think that's there some of go.
1: I th- I think that's some go. of the bias that maybe the fans have is because you're so used to looking at it one way. Like, you know, um and uh uh and, and maybe in Gus's world, I I don't I'm not sure I see uh uh where Robbie has a shot either, depending on who the number one guy is. It just feels like all these guys have a chance, and I, for the first time, I feel like the quarterback, the, the, the coach is evaluating all the quarterback's strengths and weaknesses to make a decision about who the best guy is for the job. And then developing a contingency so that if that guy doesn't work out, there is a secondary plan in place kind of based around what that guy's strengths and weaknesses are. It feels like for the first time we have multiple contingencies, that's why I'm right. not going to be super worried if TJ wins the job. I'm just right. not, you know, and, and, because and I think that, that we can, you know, if it doesn't work out, they'll have something else in place that, that will work. And that was the point I made yesterday. I don't remember the last time we left spring
2: with three guys that if they won the starting job, I would be okay with. Right? It's usually like we Mike's point, we've been led to believe it was this guy and he's being pushed by these guys. And then when we see QB2 comes out, we're like, whoa, he's pushing who? Right. Right? But now— I feel good, I feel good about all these guys I, to some extent. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel good about them all. Yeah. And, like, that's something I have not been able to say. So that in and of itself is something to be kind of excited about. We're actually going to have a real competition in the fall. How, yeah. how about that? Yeah. So uh, let, let's grab some of these Super Chats. We'll get to the giveaway— Stewart says, if TJ played against Bama, South Carolina, or Houston the way he played yesterday, we end the season with three straight wins. Maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. If the maybe. receivers catch the ball, <laughs> if they drop it like they did, <laughs> maybe yeah. not. And I maintain but, we still
2: should have won that Bama game.
1: Yeah, but, things, but he, uh, he was—he had his flaws last year. Certainly, I think. I think, and I think he knows it. If you asked him, he would tell you as much. You know, uh, I saw Lisa talking about his, uh, uh, you know, in the comments, Lisa was mentioning that her issue... Inconsistencies. Inconsistencies, right? When right. we interviewed TJ Finley, he told us that. Yeah. He said that. So he's hyper aware, man. He he knows. He knows he needs to be more consistent. I, I like that he's aware of that. Uh, Bryson.
2: Bryson says, can I just have Grant Lloyd back, please? And yes, the only reason I'm doing this is because I can... <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> No, no, Bryson.
2: I see, the look on his face, it, it has to be worth boy, it you now, boy. Bryson. It, you, you, have, you have to be worth it now. <laughs> Justin Paul, we appreciate oh you, says Mike. You're nuts. Brady, Manning,
1: Montana, Marino, all Clearly. running machines.
2: <laughs> Jeez, you what seeing, is this quick decision?
1: <laughs> have you watched Brady run? It is painful, man. Like, watching
0: Tom Brady seeing, run. I and Manning some, run. Sometimes like, hey yeah, yeah, like, man <laughs> run look like a he looked like a Frankenstein robot.
1: <laughs> there are games where
0: Freddie would <laughs> run from first
1: down and he would slide and he would get up like he just like just juke the whole defense. And I'm like, man, do you sit your slow ass down somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> He's slow as hell.
2: <laughs> oh man. Um Brian uh Brian says, I think Ike Hilliard can help the receivers
1: raise the floor of the starting QB, whoever it is. I thought the receivers looked pretty good yesterday. Listen. Xavion Capers, I, I might now I know I'm a big Malcolm Johnson guy, but if I had a the one B, it'd have been Xavion Capers looks like a guy who is going to start in the fall.
0: Yeah. He the, the looked throw good. he, looked, the he thro- looked
1: good. Yeah, the throw that um the throw that Robbie Ashford, Ashford made yeah. to him that was behind, no excuse. I mean, he just he he caught that like like I don't know, just it just looked like natural to him to just catch it and then still try to uh, get a feel. Is that our new, he's uh, such a natural receiver? Come on, <laughs> where's Blackerby when you need him? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hashtag
1: Blackerby. locked on Auburn. Yeah. Um, I, love, I love the way he did. He looked like a natural wide receiver in that moment. He he made
2: the, pa- like, you know, some passes are bad, but he didn't make it look like a bad pass, the way he caught it and and kept moving in stride with it. Like, he yeah, made I it look like it. that.
3: I've always liked Capers, man. He just hadn't put it all together. Um, hopefully yeah. he figures out um how to how to do the the little things a little bit better as far as like what they're asking him to do on the play and not just like he if, if he's a guy if you're if you're playing pickup ball, capers is great. But like I just need him to understand his role on a play in the offense and execute that a little bit better. But I think he's from all accounts, uh, you know. he's he's willing to put in the work and understand Mm -hmm. and look at the film and try to figure that stuff out Uh, his physical giftings are not the issue Um, and he and he i think he'll, he'll he'll get there
1: war report family you are listening to the weekend tailgate podcast you're in the right place for great discussion of auburn sports news but there's so much more available to our youtube channel patrons Patron-level supporters get first dibs on select content, special chat privileges when we have special segments and big-time guests, and only patrons get access to our off-season football film reviews that kick off after a day. We're talking next-level film breakdowns, so look at what we did in 2021 and even give us a glimpse of what to expect in 2022. And did I mention the patron giveaways? So head on over to our YouTube page and look for the Join button. Become a patron-level member and get your weight up. All right, now let's get back to it.
2: Let's talk about other people who's, who stood out in, in, this, in this A-Day scrimmage. The tight ends looked really good, guys. Uh, leading the pack or leading the way was Brandon Frazier, who had five receptions uh, for 42 yards. Tyler Fromm had three receptions for 41. Uh, Shank had two receptions for 34. Luke Deal had a reception. Uh, the receivers looked fairly; they looked pretty good in this. So, uh, what 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 would you make Ike of how the receivers fared
3: in yesterday's scrimmage? It wasn't bad. I mean, there were, of course, you know, drops that happened out there, but I don't think anybody was just uh, in the wrong places. Um, I think that pe- uh, receivers made plays for their quarterbacks. Right? They made you know some of those stat lines look a little better because of catches that they made. Yeah. Um, and I think that our receivers, you know, we didn't get an opportunity to see a lot of like blocks that they would have made because there weren't a lot of outside runs. There was the a couple of speed sweeps that happened out there. So there was a few, there was one of them was a clear hold that Malcolm Johnson on the Malcolm Johnson speed sweep. But uh, um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a lot of blocking that you would have seen from the receivers, but overall I did not dislike the receiver play yesterday. Um, Malcolm Johnson, I think had a really good game. Um, I think he did all the things that you want a, uh, a speed receiver to do in your team. Uh, Minus the drop that he had. I thought Dawson had a good game. Uh, Shedrick only had one target, but he caught that one. Um, trying to think of other receivers that stood out to me when I was looking at we're it. We were talking about Capers. Uh, yeah, Capers, of course. Um, but then, yeah, the tight ends. I, th- I think one, one of the things I liked about what we did in A-Day and hoped to see it happen during the season um, is is the three tight end formations that we rolled out there. The reason I like them a lot is because you've got and I'm including Landon King in the three tight end formation, but they would put him out there in a jumbo package with two other tight ends. But then they would split two of them out. Like Shanker would be out there split out. Landon King would be split out. Then you've got a tight. But that, that's essentially three tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got to give props to Shanker for the Shanker shake. Man, he put somebody in the dirt yesterday when he uh, <laughs> made the little outside move. Yeah. Shanker, uh, Shanker
1: shake. Yeah, he looked
3: good, man. Like this is the first off that Shanker has not been trying to be a two-sport guy, right? Like, he was right. doing baseball typically during the spring game. And so he was—he devoted to football, and you can—his t- body looks different, man. Like, Shanker looks like a different player right now. Um, but he's 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 as sure-handed as they come. He's a good blocker. He's going to be an asset in this—I uh, uh, like the way that they employ the tight ends during the spring game. If we see that during the fall, and we go to these heavy tight end looks with the three tight end packages— that means defenses really have no clue what we're going to throw at them because yeah. those tight ends can catch. Uh, right. And they've got enough speed with, with Landon King to be able to like—you you get him matched up on—he can, he can match up and play against a DB, right? So it's like it's not as if that's a mismatch for you. And you definitely don't want to see any other guys against a linebacker or a safety— So that's just going to put, like, they're going to be weird personnel groupings that are going to have to try to match up with that if those guys can solidify themselves as blockers just as good. Um, But I I love seeing that stuff. So
1: Yeah, Yeah, Shanker was 47 last year, wasn't he? Yes. He was 47 last year. I was like, wait, 25? 25 I think he's 25 this year. Um, I agree with everything Ike said. I think that the receiver play was encouraging uh, to me. It was very encouraging. Uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr. is clearly going to be a go-to guy. They're going to find the way to get Malcolm the ball. Uh, You know, using him on sweeps. uh, You know, throwing the ball. You know, on outs. I mean, I saw him all over the place making plays. uh, You know, uh, throwing the ball to him deep. He got a variety of throws yesterday. Yeah. So uh, that was encouraging. Capers is another guy. I just was. I'm just happy to see him take that next step because I thought this was a do or die year for him. If he wasn't going to do it this year, uh, you know, we were probably going to see him in the portal. Um, So uh, it was really good. It was really good to see him step up there. If you're Dawson, man, that deep throw from TJ that you drop, right? That would have been the highlight play absent of the landing King catch. That would have been the highlight play of of, of a day. Right. Right. And and you dropped it. Right. So, if you're trying to show the coaches that in limited opportunities, when you get on the field, you're going to make an impact, you didn't help yourself there. That's right. it. You, uh, you still have, you have to be, be able to do it when called upon, and they have to know it, and they've got to see it in those moments when it matters. So I'm not writing him off. I think he's a kid with a ton of um, a ton of potential, but I do believe he's probably kicking himself that he didn't catch that ball. I'm sure. Um, you know, outside of that, Landon King, you know, just showing that he can be a guy that can go up and, and make a play for his quarterback, I thought that was a great adjustment, you know, very athletic yeah. play over the DB, you know, making the catch, coming down with the ball, everything about that was special, and, you know, Shedrick Jackson only got one target, but he caught it, and he went over the middle to catch it, and uh, it looked good, so... Uh, being able to uh, know where to be for your quarterback and, and, and make a play with your hands there, I thought Shedrick looked good. So I'm encouraged about wide receiver play going into this year. Um, it's crazy how when you get better quarterback play, suddenly the wide receivers all look better. Yeah, because everybody was so down on wide receivers last year, but when, when you when you have quarter when you have chemistry with your quarterbacks, uh, suddenly uh, a lot of them just look look great. Now Javaris Johnson was out yesterday. Um, so we still have talent that didn't see the field yesterday that will see the field in the fall. And, and Brown isn't even on campus yet. Yeah, I mean, there's you know? going to be some guys who have a chance to, uh, to
3: come and in just, and make I, an impact. I'd be pretty sure that they're going to go get a transfer wide receiver too. Oh, uh, uh,
1: didn't we get that kid from Arkansas State Rucker? Um, I think no. I think he went to I South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought we were. I thought we were going out together. I thought there was a guy that was committing. We 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 tried to get him, but. Okay. Um, no he didn't he didn't
2: come um statement here from Peyton full Jay Fair looked pretty good in the little shine he got. Uh, I think he caught one pass yesterday, yeah, he looked good though I liked I like what I, I saw he had Jay two, Fair. I think he
3: had two catches Mike. yeah I think I, say, okay. I think he had two receptions yesterday
2: yeah, so uh, full look, says
1: Rucker went to South Carolina, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, Rick also says wouldn't be surprised to see us having us like what you're saying Ike special three tight end packages with Ashford if he doesn't win a starting job third and short could become a really interesting option. Think
3: about this. So regardless of who the quarterback is, think of third and short with a three tight end package with Sean Jackson and some other running back also lined up in the backfield. Just let your mind marinate on, on on the possibilities that could happen with seeing how well Sean Jackson caught the ball out of the backfield. and Thinking about, like, his potential of, like, lining up at, like, a fullback and they just turn around and hand it to him on a short yardage situation, right? Just think about it. Could be third and short. We, we could have some interesting stuff we tried out there and try mm. to do.
2: I got you know was saying? interesting with how he is so eager to get north when he gets the ball. Like, he yeah. gets up, he gets, he, you know, I, I know he's not able to see a lot with our O-line, considering a lot of people are out, but when he gets the ball, he ain't he ain't with the dancing. I'm getting north, and I'm getting there as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the idea of that, I, again, I, I said yesterday, I love the idea of him in short yardage situations, whether he's getting the ball or not. Like, I like him in those situations just
3: because of his physicality there yeah it's going it's going to be a very interesting uh to see how they employ the running backs uh you know when Jarquez Hunter gets back into the mm-hmm. mix um tank looked good out there doing you know normal tank things I, I, the, the run game was le- nothing to 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 write home about Like, there was no like oh my god amazing run situation um but there i don't think the passing with him but yeah, but they were showing a, ve- a a huge willingness to get the running backs involved in the pass game. Yeah. Um, you know, Tank was split out as a wide receiver on a, on that one play that we're talking about that he should have caught from TJ. Yeah. He lined up in the as a receiver on that play. It wasn't like a, a wheel route; like he just lined up out there. So again, they're they're showing the willingness to deploy our running backs in a lot of different ways, um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this offense starts to the the play calls that I think that that Coach Harson has at his disposal to be able to utilize with all the personnel that we have and how he chooses to deploy that stuff is going to be really interesting. Really interesting.
2: Thanks. Uh, Mike, talk to me about, let's talk D-line. Uh, Dylan Brooks actually led the way with five tackles.
1: Yeah. With I told y'all to keep an eye on Dylan. D-V. <laughs> yeah. He's not playing D-V, but those are his initials. Yes. Um, D- Dylan Brooks um, is a guy who has a chance to step up this year. He was highly recruited out of high school. Um, we got him in the Tennessee McDonald's sweepstakes, and he's going to have a chance. They're going to rotate a lot of guys on defense. Defense is one of those things. Those it's, it's so different on offense um, than it is on defense. On defense, even if you're not the starter, you will have a significant chance to impact the game even if you're not the starter. So, Dylan Brooks, regardless of whether he starts or not, he's going to get in in some critical situations and show the coaches that he can be relied on if there is a significant injury or if a guy's not playing up to snuff. But I expect a lot from him this year. Um, so, uh, having another tackle machine, listen, uh, you know, five tackles yesterday, we are losing. The most prolific tackler in Auburn football history in Zacopee McLean. It's not even close. He was the most prolific tackler we've ever had. And um, not last year, but the year before he like led the NCAA in tackles. It, I mean, that guy just had a nose for the football. Uh, we need to replace that production on defense. I think Dylan Brooks is going to be a big part of us doing that. So. Uh, Super happy uh, to see him get out there and and, uh, play the way he did. And I didn't focus, when we were watching the tape yesterday, I didn't focus that much on defense. It's really easy to get lost in the offense when you're watching in real time. So uh, when Ike and I go back and break down the film, uh, we'll be sure to highlight him and talk about his play yesterday.
2: Ike, did did you, and and I know, I don't know, Mike, Mike looks at it a little differently than we do. So maybe Ike maybe took a peek over at the defense and who was doing what. Did you did one a position that you pointed out that you wanted to keep an eye on that Mike mentioned with linebackers? Mm-hmm. What did you see with that group on on yesterday's scrimmage?
3: Um, linebacker play was good, man. They filled uh, in effectively. Um, one of the things I really liked was um, you know we talk about how much of a downhill runner Sean Jackson is. Wesley Steiner took on the. Um, on, on that matchup, well. There was there was a uh, a collision. Yeah, he's it was a scared. collision that happened and Steiner stood him up, man. I was like, oh Steiner. When ain't hit him, I, yeah, when when he hit him, I was like, yo, who is who did, who is that? And when I saw him pop up, I was like, okay, Steiner. Ah. Like, listen, man, if you if you're bringing down I mean it was one on one too. It wasn't like one of those situations, because again, Sean Jackson's not dancing. He's right. coming and he's he's right. trying to, to hit it full force. And Steiner just met him right there in the hole and was like, nah, bro, this is all. this That's it. You you get this one yard. We're done. It's like, mm. okay. I, is I it, like is it. it. Does it seem like he's no longer thinking? Is it seem uh, like I he— I mean, he, he is playing a little more instinctively. I think uh, it's so hard to evaluate defensive play in, in in spring games because you don't know, are they playing well because our offensive line is bad or, or they know what the play is. Right, right. They're used to seeing these sets, so they kind of understand what they're seeing, right? Or right. is it like they're playing well? It's going to be It's gonna be the first couple of games before you start to really tell, are they analyzing properly? Are they seeing what they're supposed to see? But I did like what I saw out of a couple of the players, you know, just from their just natural physical ability out there um, playing in space and, and doing what they're supposed to do.
2: Um, I'm eager to see how Power Gordon. I, I know they want to get some weight on him. He had a couple of um, tackles that yeah.
3: looked all right out there. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I'm curious. I'm interested to see how he will look in another year or so once he get in our strength and conditioning program. Um, but he he played rather well. Uh, someone in the chat mentioned Cameron Brown having a good a good showing. Cam Riley, uh, he played well as well. So uh, yeah, for for sure. Any any anybody stand out in secondary for you, Ike? Right?
3: Uh. Not really. Like, that's the one place I wasn't looking a bunch. Like I wasn't yeah. looking to see what the yeah. guys in the secondary were doing. I mean, there were some people who were— Caleb Wooden played well downhill. Caleb Wooden was— he. So I will say Caleb Wooden was all over the field. Like He is one of those guys where he has that just a nose for the football. He's just going to show up. When you go look at film and look where the tackle is made, you're going to notice Caleb Wooden is either the guy jumping in second— First, whatever. He's going to be around the football often. Um, Donovan Kaufman played okay. I I liked what I saw out of Donovan Kaufman other than the muff punt. The muff punt was – but listen, again, that win was ridiculous out there. So it was just one of those hard-to-gauge situations. But I liked what I saw from Kaufman as far as um, one of the things that I think, you know, for me was – I didn't like about him last year that I'm hoping he's getting a little bit better at is him just kind of having a command of the defense and understanding not only where he needs to be, but where everyone else needs to be so that we can be lined up a little bit more quickly. Um, So that whoever's going to be the guy back there, which Kaufman was the safety plan in the backfield a lot, um, needs to be able to have a command of making sure people understand what their assignments are. So hopefully Kaufman will be that guy for us.